This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, welcome in to another edition of The Lake Show here on News Talk 830 WCCO. On this Wednesday, happy to be with you. Three hours of sports, pop culture, Politics here at the start, an in-studio guest in the next 30 minutes, plenty of things that we'll get to between now and 9 p.m. I'm your host, Henry Lake, here on The Lake Show. Christopher Tubbs is the producer of the show. As always, you can chime in with your thoughts on a topic via the phone calls, which we love, or the text message version on the Cities One Plumbing Talking text line, which is 651-461-9226. And I wanted to start tonight's show um, talking about reactions from last night, all of the media coverage and the local elections that we saw from one state to the next. And how we look at the difference of opinions when we talk about national political conversations and you start to will it down to the local and state level. And there is a difference between the two, specifically when we start talking about polling. And I will continue to harp on this until people kind of really see what I'm trying to say or hear what I'm trying to say or get what I'm trying to say about polling being unreliable. Okay, And and this this is something that I want to just kind of flesh out here in the first couple of minutes, and then I want to pivot into talking about how Republicans just don't get it because they don't. Today I've been listening to reaction of how the Democrats did better than folks thought last night with the elections. And I'm I'm not necessarily surprised by the commentary. And, And let me be clear. I am not sitting here saying that every single political poll is wrong. Okay. And there's value to polling, okay? So I'm not saying that there's no value to it and every single political poll is wrong. And you should never pay attention to them. You can do whatever you want to do. But we have to be honest here. First off, as a member of the media, the media in general, we have a tough time admitting when we're wrong. We just do. We have a tough time admitting when we're wrong. And I'm generalizing here. But that's a fact. And it's not a good quality to have, especially when we have the powerful platform that we share and what we have. But that's the truth. We have troubles admitting when we are wrong. 
All right? And it's a bad look. Polls, in my opinion, because we all have opinions, but polls are unreliable nationally. Okay? And let me be clear about that. Nationally. That's the, the bigger picture here. That's what I'm talking about for the most part. I'm not saying that every single national poll is wrong because what's been the polls everybody's been talking about this week? Biden, Trump, Trump's leading him 49% to 45% and all that stuff. Polls nationally have shown to be a lot of times unreliable. And my colleague, my friend, and outstanding host from noon until 3, Chad Hartman, he brought this up today on his show. And I agree with him that locally, polls weren't really off yesterday when you look at certain states, okay? And I'm not saying that in state-run elections that polls are dramatically skewed, okay? But national polls, because I've checked with people in the political spectrum, national polls from people that I've talked to and I've had questions for, the methodology is, is flawed. The methodology of these polls are antiquated, and you know what they don't do? They don't reach young voters. Aaron Blake from the Washington Post, he was on with Chad today, and he spoke to the, the unreliable, like the methodology, he spoke to that being off. But now the question that he has asked from Chad is about how the polls, for the most part, locally – or, or, you know, in, in terms of the state-run elections, they were right. But listen to the end of his answer as well with talking about the methodology being a little bit flawed. I, I think you're 100% right. Um, the, the, the fact that Andy Bashir was reelected governor of, of Kentucky is surprising on one hand because he is a, a Democrat in a state that went for Donald Trump by 26 points. But it's not surprising when you look at the polling of the race, which consistently showed him ahead by the single digits. Um, the, the result in Ohio was very much in line with what the poll suggested about that abortion referendum. You know, even in Virginia, where the big news was that Governor Glenn Youngkin wasn't able to take over the state legislature and actually Democrats took over the state house. Yeah. Um, th- those results were, were in line with, with kind of where the, uh, where the expectations were in certain ways. It was a very close race, closely divided chambers. So, I think you need to separate, like you said, the, the, the results in the current polling from the 2024 polling, which suggests that we have a very divided political environment. We still do. Um, but that, you know, voters make their decisions based upon the actual candidates. And so I, I think if there's one lesson here, it's that um, for Democrats, it's that it, it's not so dire right now that people are turning on the Democratic Party. It's a matter of whether people view President Biden as being a vessel for the priorities that they think the Democratic Party, at least, is, is a viable partner in, in pursuing. I think that the way that it's positioned right now in terms of whether it's talk radio or nationally when we look at the big-time networks, whether it's CNN or MSNBC or Fox or Newsmax or whatever you want to look at, okay, I, I think that the narrative that everything is, oh, the sky is falling for Democrats – Oh, they're in dire shape. I, I, I don't. I, that's that's not a winning proposition for Republicans. It isn't. When folks talk about Biden nationally, they say that they want another person. They want an alternative. I've said this before. He's not a king. 
We shouldn't crown them like that. There should always be other people that that will be sharing ideas and running for the presidency in whatever party. Okay, but to to make it seem on a national level. Like he is the worst candidate up for reelection. I think that that is a very flawed way that we are looking at the presidency of the United States of America. And when you tie it in in terms of nationally into the local elections and, and, and you know, especially with the, the governor's races in certain places, listen to this from Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir because he was asked about, you know, we, we talk about a president being tied into a candidate. And I know that Chris Christie had mentioned that with Daniel Cameron in Kentucky that he got poisoned by Donald Trump, and people are saying, well, how did the the Biden stuff play a factor into you, Andy Bashir? Take a listen to Bashir's answer. Looking at the politics, looking at the map, looking at the poll numbers ahead in 2024, do you think you won, Governor, because you have Joe Biden in the White House right now, or in spite of Biden being in the White House right now, when he's struggling in, in, in polling in battleground states? Well, my opponent certainly tried to make this race uh, about Joe Biden, and it didn't work. Uh, these races, especially governor's races, uh, are, are so state-centered and specific because your job is to get things done. Your job is to get things done, and that on a local level, and when you start looking from one state to the that's what people are more concerned about. So all this hubbub about Joe Biden nationally means nothing right now. When you're talking about some of these local elections and that and to me, when we start propping up these polls, there's something else about the polls that that I want to speak to in the unreliable nature of them all. And we talked about uh, the methodology, at at least I've said um, it's flawed. I'm going to tell you why it's flawed and I'm going to tell you who they're not reaching. And also, I'm going to tell you why Republicans will continue to miss the mark. We get to that next year. On the Lake Show, on the Good Neighbor. All right, welcome back to the Lake Show. News Talk eight three zero WCCO. Final couple of points that I want to make about the polling, and I want to get into why Republicans will continue to miss the mark because they will, and they just don't. Why they won't pivot doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But the other thing about the polling, and we talk about the methodology for the people that I've talked to is the reason why it just a, a lot of the stuff you feel like, well, hold on, this doesn't, it doesn't correlate. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's because when the people that I've talked to, these polls are not reaching younger voters. Everybody knows that the 2020 election Young people said our voices are going to be heard. We're not going for this. We heard in 2022 when we start talking about abortion and and very significant issues, right? Young voters came out and the masses said, enough, we're not, we're not doing this. And you know what typically doesn't happen is the people polling reaching that audience, that's one of the reasons why some of the, a lot of these polls, national polls, are unreliable. And, and, and I was even 
going back, not not back and forth, but we were communicating through text, me and Chad Hartman were. And I had mentioned, in my, in, in my opinion, one of the massive flaws with everything that's going on right now is the, the big talker or the sentiment is the we got to talk about the all the wrong things with Joe Biden angle. I'm here to tell you, young voters are tuning that out. They are. Young voters, not, not the not the older voters that are being that are included in the polls. Young voters are tuning out that part about Joe Biden. Trump isn't the person that they're looking to. DeSantis isn't the person that they're looking to. Chris Christie isn't the person that they're looking to. And Nikki Haley ain't either. Republicans, I'm going to tell you this right now. Republicans, they better find someone for 2028 to deal with Gavin Newsom. That's what they need to start thinking about. And when I said that to Chad, he I think he kind of agreed with me on that. Because this is the thing with younger voters. And you can weigh in at 651-461-9226. This is the thing about younger voters. If folks are going to say and pitch and drive home the narrative that Biden is terrible for America, Biden's terrible, you have to give them specifics on why he's terrible. The younger demographic, they're, they're saying this to your face. They're like, no, tell me why he's terrible because I'm calling BS. And, and this is the thing. When you listen to Republicans talk, they're, they're doing two things. They're putting their foots in their mouths and saying things that young people are running with and saying, no, we're, what, what, what? Like, for instance, I'll give you a perfect example. Last night on Newsmax. And I know that Chad and those guys talked about it earlier today. Rick Santorum. Listen to this as he's talking about what was occurring last night with some of the um, localized elections. And, and he, he, he made a comment that went viral about democracy. Just, ta- just take a listen. And you put very sexy things like abortion and marijuana on the ballot. And a lot of young people come out and vote. And, it, it, it was a it was a secret sauce for disaster in Ohio. I don't know what they were thinking, yeah. but um, that's why I'm, I, I thank goodness that most of the states in this country don't allow you to put everything on the ballot because right. pure democracies are not the way to run a country. Pure democracies are pure, pure democracies are not a way to run the country. And taking a shot at young voters that's not a winning ingredient for the Republicans. And, and this is another one. Former Virginia Attorney General Ken, was it Cuccellini? Now, 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 he was on Newsmax. Take a listen at the question or the, the question and commentary that's being posed by the anchor. The anchor makes some commentary in a question and listen to Ken's response. Because I have a follow-up, because this is why the Republicans will continue to miss the mark. As far as, you know... It, it does seem like the, the Republican Party generally has a real problem with uh, w- with winning. Uh, it, you know, it, it certainly was in the midterms here and now in this one as well. Um, and, and you wonder, do we have the right people in place to be putting the messaging together to the, the people that are supposed to be there to get the early vote out, to, to, to do these jobs? You wonder about the RNC. Do we have the right people running the show? Because we, 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 we're not doing something right. I think that's very obvious. Yeah, I think... 
Rob, I think you're right in a lot of places. Um, I would say these state-level races, RNC doesn't really play a role in voter turnout. That's run uh, by the team on the ground, and that in Virginia is led by Glenn Youngkin, and he made an admirable effort to push more Republicans to get out earlier and vote to with the ultimate goal of having more people voting for Republican candidates. But that is it's not been enough. All right. So 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 listen to that critique and listen to that analysis from Ken. He said, because what what did we heard in years past that Republican voters didn't get out and vote early? That was problematic. Right. He mentioned that that was not the case here in Virginia, that they got out and they voted early. Right. So he's saying there's more to it than that, than just getting out and voting early. There's something else amiss. I'm going to tell you what it is. And, 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 and to me, just in a nutshell, that tells you why they continue to miss the mark. The problem is it, it's not just the messaging itself. It's what you're running on. For, for Ken or Rick Santorum or anybody, abortion is not a winning topic. It's not. What you're putting on your platform is not a winning topic with young voters. It is not popular. When you start talking about same-sex marriage and stuff like that, those are not winning topics um, for you in terms of being anti that. That's the part that, and this is why they will continue to miss the mark. Is I don't, I don't care if Democrats vote early, Republicans vote early. If you have a bad, if you have a bad strategy for how you want to to go about your business and what your policies are going to be. It's not winning. Yeah, it's about being in tune with the public. It's about being in not not with your circle, right? Not not with your echo chamber. Not it's it's not the issues that you feel like you need to, to push. It's the topics and the issues that are important to the public. And you, you talking about being in tune, Henry. I feel like you need to really be open to the people that are out there because if you go in with this predetermined agenda and it doesn't hit, well, guess what? You went you went in putting all of your eggs in on one basket, and if it doesn't work, this is where you're at. I, I just, you know, it, it just to me, it's just being tone deaf. It, it just to me, it, it's 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 unbelievable that we sit here a day after and you, they start analyzing or the night of. And you're analyzing things, and you're kind of saying, well, where did we go wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Like, isn't it obvious? But I think you, you can even if – you, if you can get away from the election was stolen rhetoric, I think you can really go back and look at the issues and look at the problems that you had in 2020. You can try and fix them for 2024. Like, going back and running on the same thing that didn't work three years ago. I mean, something's got to change, right? I mean, like you said, the, the message, the message has to change. I, I believe this, okay, and I can be proven wrong because I'm not sitting here talking like I know everything, okay. I hope I'm not trying to come off a- across that way, okay. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. In my opinion, if and there's a lot of things that that I think will transpire here in the in the coming months with Donald Trump, but if Donald Trump is on the ballot to be president of the United States in 2024, Joe Biden will win again. 
I, I believe. I mean, you're, you're, you're I, just I, running I, it back. I, I believe. No, no, no. I if they're the two candidates, yeah. I don't think Trump's winning that. I, I just don't. I don't see it. I, I don't see it. And and that's. I think that like earlier today when Chad was kind of talking about the alternatives, like like who 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 else outside of Trump when you look at with the Republican Party, whether it's Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley's getting crushed by yeah, Joe Biden. Yeah, and I mean there, Nikki Haley is the one name that we're hearing that is that is coming out of the, the, the cluster of of everybody. Yeah, I, I just I just don't see it happening. And I'm telling you this right now, we can continue to put the polls out there until they evaluate and include more of the younger demographics in terms of letting their voices be heard with the polling and the methodology of polling. It's going to be skewed. It absolutely will be. 651-461-9226. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Hey, it's National Signing Day. Okay, it's National Signing Day. And for today, there's so many high school athletes um, that are signing their letters of intent to go to play at their prospective uh, colleges and institutions. And we've got a special person in studio. He's one of the top baseball players here in Minnesota. His name is P.J. Jones here with his father. He is going to be attending and announced earlier today that he is committed to the University of Maryland, staying in the Big Ten with the Terrapins. He's going to join us next year in studio about his story next on The Lake Show. All right, welcome back to The Lake Show News Talk 830-WCCO. I love, man, when dreams come true. And when you look at the country, it's National Signing Day. And here locally, um, a lot of kids, they get that opportunity to fulfill their dreams. They, they commit to colleges, get a chance at a higher education, go to an institution. And joining me in studio, a kid that has uh, committed to, to play baseball at the University of Maryland, his name is Paul Jones II, P.J. Jones. He's here with his father and they're joining us in studio. And I appreciate the, uh, the time tonight. And, and let's start, P.J., but first, just, you know, congratulations, man. It's, it's a lot of fun to see that uh, you'll uh, live out your hopes and dreams. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so, so, so talk to me about um, why you committed to the University of Maryland. Um, I felt like it was kind of home for me, like right when I talked to Coach Swope my first time, and then we went out there and got to see how beautiful the campus is. And obviously their current success that they've been having, winning the Big Ten championship last year and the year prior, that was a big turning point for me to want me to go there and how successful they've been with getting people drafted and how successful they've been with developing hitters specifically is what really drew me to Maryland. You know, one of the things that, uh, and I and I love this just because I'm connected with a few of the guys that have come through the program, but you are Creed Durham Hall. You're, you're a Raider, man. Talk about what the experience has been like at Creed Durham Hall because there's been so many stellar uh, baseball players specifically that have come through that program. Uh, I love it. Every year we have our, we have our talks about all the previous legends, and all we get to hear new stories every year about Paul Molitor, Joe Maurer, other great players that have come through. And even like last year when we put, we played at Target Field for a game, we had Paul Molitor in our dugout for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool. But I love it overall, all the coaches and stuff, all the history there. It's really nice to be able to play in a program with all that. Have you uh, had an opportunity to uh, to hang out with, like, Joe Maurer at all or anybody or had a conversation? The reason why I asked is just because every single year I do this um, this bowling event with them, and it actually was just this past uh, Saturday uh, out in Lakeville at Bolero, 
and uh, me and, and Joe get a chance to, to hang out and, and give back to the community, Highland Friendship Club, and he's a part of that. So have, have you ever had a chance to uh, talk to him or meet him at all? Um, we actually did a charity event with the Highland Friendship Club this year, and he was the coach of the team that our baseball players oh, was it was at the with. it was at the it was at Creighton, right? It was at Creighton. It yeah. was the big game. Yeah. It was oh, the big okay. Game. Yeah, they invited me to the big game, but this is the uh, the job that I got to do at night, right? So, what was it like uh, being a part of that? It was really cool. I really enjoy like seeing all the kids like interact with him and how nice he was, and he was super nice to all of us. And he was—he seems like a really nice role model and really great guy. Yeah. All right. So we're talking to uh, to PJ Jones here in studio on the Lake Show News Talk eight three zero WCCO, one of the top home run hitters in the state of Minnesota. Uh, you played this fall season with the Cincinnati Red Scout team. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, it was super cool. I I never really had an experience like that playing with a bunch of kids that are kind of similar to me, but it was really nice to be able to hang out with all those guys and play with them and. Being coached by like an actual MLB scout was also a really cool experience because I got to see a little bit of what what they look for, and it also got me some really great exposure to the MLB scouts. First baseman, left-handed pitcher. Um, I've seen some highlights. You got to tell me about the one highlight where you in San Diego where you absolutely crushed this baseball. That kind of was a, a little bit of a viral moment for you, right? Yeah, that, I'd <laughs> say that's really kind of something that's kind of changed my life because. My recruiting, it was going well before, but after I hit that home run, everything kind of skyrocketed and had everybody that was there was calling me. So I'd say that that moment was definitely something I'll remember forever and kind of life-changing. Do do you feel like that there is um, a spotlight on baseball in the state of Minnesota, or do you think it's kind of lower in terms of the uh, the exposure that you guys get? Now, clearly, being at Creighton, that helps, but just overall across the board, do you you think that – that the the recruitment of baseball players in Minnesota needs a little bit to be ratcheted up a little bit? Um, I'd say so, yeah. I think a lot of the players that are getting recruited and have gotten recruited are all kind of going out and playing in different states or doing all that, but there isn't much really going on here where it more focuses on other sports like hockey, per se, or mm-hmm. football and basketball. Or even basketball. And I do want to get to that because – you were one of the few highly sought-after um, African-American players recruited at this level. You're going to the University of Maryland. Just c- kind of talk about your journey as a young black kid playing baseball when we should have more young black kids getting involved in the sport. Um, I'd say it's definitely something like me and my parents always noticed that I was always typically like the one black kid on the team with the occasional another black kid being on the team. But mm-hmm. it is pretty rare, but... I kind of got to a point where I kind of got used to it, so it became kind of weird when I go somewhere else and there's multiple. <laughs> but I'd say that was like some of the most fun I had when there's like a bunch of different uh, kids of different ethnicities on the team. But yeah, I think one of the coolest things, though, and let's dive into this, is that uh, you are the grandson of a Minnesota Twins Hall of Famer. Can you elaborate and tell everybody who you're related to? Um, so Cesar Tovar is my grandfather, my mom's side. And he played for the Twins, the Yankees, the Rangers, and the Athletics, and the Phillies. So that's kind of, he's the reason I wear the number 12. And I actually have, like, one of my necklaces I wear is, was his that he gave to my grandma, this cross he gave oh, to my that's grandma. Awesome. So I wear, I wear that every day. Although I never really got to meet him. It's like he's kind of with me with whatever I do. So, so as you're growing up and knowing that your grandfather 
Um, did you kind of shy away from letting that be kind of known? Because I, I know that there are a lot of times when athletes, young athletes are kind of matriculating and they're getting older. You know, when, when people hear that you're related to somebody or that you're the son or the grandson or whatever of somebody, um, a lot of people will, will gravitate towards that extra attention. I mean, I can only imagine what it's like for Bronny James to have to deal with the fact that his dad is LeBron or whatever. But did you did you kind of shy away from promoting that or did – or, or, or did you just kind of like organically let it play out? If people knew, then they knew. Um, I'd say it was kind of organic. We never, we never went out of our way to tell anybody. Mm-hmm. But like, if somebody would ask us, we never denied, of course. But the way it played out was like he got inducted into the Twins Hall of Fame, and that was kind of when everybody found out because like I was there. I threw up the first pitch at the game, so that was kind of how everybody found out. But I'd say before that, not very many people really knew like even one of my coaches was kind of surprised because he was asking me why I didn't tell him about it but he never really asked about it so I didn't say anything he ain't gonna ask because he ain't gonna know about it yeah. it's all good hey let me bring your pops into the conversation uh first off Mr. Jones uh, congratulations to you and your son um I, I know it's got to be a dream come true to, to see your son on national signing day be able to sign and go to a great program and play for a big time university just talk about what uh, today's been like for you as a father uh, today has been absolutely fabulous, uh, and I'm going to include my wife, Nancy Jones, who's at home listening. Hey, baby, how you doing? <laughs> um, our boy is in good hands. Uh, but really, uh, she's having more fun than I am. You know, I, I just I'm enjoying it from a standpoint of I, I love seeing my family happy. Yeah. So seeing my wife be happy and seeing him accomplish his goals and knowing that over the years we said this is going to happen this is going to happen and we just kind of let it happen and so we're we're excited we're really proud of him you know the only thing we did was drove him to uh where he needed to be but he did all of the work so we're we're extremely proud of him and his work ethic uh he sets goals and he's serious about them and he goes for it so but it's been literally as a parent Uh, You can't ask for a better day than this because it's like truly any parent can speak. When you see your child reach a goal that they wanted to reach, Mm -hmm. uh, that you can't explain it. That's bigger than anything. You know, my heart is just full of so much joy. And I just thank God for blessing PJ to have this moment as well as Coach Swope in the University of Maryland. Did you did you as a parent, um, you and your wife? Did you kind of steer him towards baseball or, or that just kind of just, just naturally happened? Because a lot of times, you know, when we talk about young kids, early on they'll play multiple different sports, but then mm-hmm. they'll get to that point where they kind of got to decide, well, you know, I want to do basketball, I want to do football, I want to do baseball. Was he always naturally kind of just because of the lineage looking at baseball, but also did he play other sports? Well, actually, he's good at basketball and he was a beast at football. Uh, so he was a linebacker in on offense. He was a quarterback. Uh, so he's always been a great athlete in general. Mm-hmm. Um, as he started getting older, we just happened to notice, you know, that he was hitting baseballs harder than the average kid. <laughs> and we're just like, hey, as that, I've seen. Yeah, that's something to uh, go into. Uh, we, we never uh, forced him one way or the other. Uh, we just said, hey, you know, whatever you want to do. And I think, you know, as he said, kind of being the only black kid on the team, it's it's one of those things where that goes across the board, especially when you're in a suburb lifestyle, suburban lifestyle, where certain things played out in itself. And with baseball, 
you're able to be on a national team at a young age. He was on the Little Caesars, uh, owned literally the coach is in Illich. You, you can't add, you, there's a billionaire in the dugout, mm-hmm. you know, and that kind of helps you see uh, what baseball really is. You're around kids that are just not, you know, you can, you can rake in your own backyard and in your neighborhood, but now you're on a team where you got the best kids across the country on it. And then it's like, oh, so he kind of came to his own conclusion. We were going to support it. I loved watching him play basketball. I loved watching him play football. And then he just said, I'm, I'm taking this baseball thing serious. And, boy, did he take it serious. Yeah. Let, let me ask you this, PJ. Because um, I talk about this a lot. I think that Major League Baseball needs to do a better job of marketing the product, clearly. Right? Like, I think there are a lot of times I'll, I'll throw out names and I'll say to people, if this person walked down the street and you passed him, would you recognize him? And, no, I, I wouldn't do it. As a young black athlete, how do you think that that maybe Major League Baseball, just baseball in general, should be a little bit more approachable how they should market their product to you? Um, I think they should show, like, the certain players' emotions because I feel like the emotions kind of get muted by a lot of the people. Like, say, when, like, Tim Anderson hit his home run and did his bat flip, I think that type of stuff is kind of what kids want to see. Like, I remember when I saw that, he instantly became one of my favorite players and somebody I looked up to. So I think... Showing the different emotion, showing their different personalities on the field will let people want to get to know them more and become more interested in like being like them. And, and I think that the, the personalities part is you're spot on. And I think one of the best things that they do, and they don't do this enough. I know they experimented with it here in the last year, but I don't know if you guys have seen any of the games where they will have a guy mic'd up. And they're talking to them kind of like at some point during the game. I think it's little things like that. And, and people say, well, that's just a little thing. I think it's an attractive thing to younger to the younger demographic. What do you think? Definitely. I think I remember seeing Mookie Betts in spring training, and he was mic'd up, and he was running after a ball. And I, I got to kind of see his personality and, like, watching games. And I get to see all the different personalities gives me a new perspective on the players, which I think is really important for the players and kids to see. All right, uh, final thing, and then we'll let you guys go. And I appreciate you coming in studio and joining us. Uh, what, what would you say to the to the young kids out there that are listening to you, PJ, and saying, man, that's pretty cool, man. He's in the studio. He's talking about the college he's going to. He's getting a chance to play college basketball, uh, baseball rather, and hopefully we'll be able to play in the major leagues maybe one day. What would you say to that young person out there, that young PJ Jones that's listening, uh, just about um, how to get to where you've, where you've got? I'd say you're going to fail. And failure is just a part of it, but don't let the failure bring you down or let it be something that fuels you to want to get better. Set your goals super high and make sure that you know that you can you can do what you set your mind to and be confident in everything that you do. Yeah. Hey, PJ, congratulations again. And Senior, thanks for coming to the studio as well. You, congratulations to both of you. And your wife's name is Nancy? Nancy Con- Jones. Congratulations to Nancy Jones as well. Thank you so much for joining us here in studio. Thank All right, you. Uh, we, will, you. we will take a break. We'll come back, and we'll wrap up Hour 1, and we'll do that next. All right, thanks again to PJ Jones for coming in studio and talking to us. That's awesome. And I also want to say congratulations to all the kids out there that signed on National Signing Day. It's a big deal. And, and to me, this is a, a celebration not only of, well, first, it's a celebration of the student-athlete and what they've accomplished in getting a scholarship, but it's also a celebration of their families. Um, and just because, you know, your mom and dad and the community and your coaches and all this stuff, they invest a lot 
in you as a young person to get to where you've been. And this is a, a celebration of all of that. So I, I think it's awesome. I think it's really cool. Um, not, not just for PJ, but for all the student athletes out there. Uh, this is a special day. Yeah, absolutely. This is kind of the culmination of all of that work, no matter what your sport is. You know, whatever dreams that you have, if you are lucky enough to go and do it at the collegiate level, like that, that's fantastic. And it's something to be celebrated because it's a commitment, yeah, from them ap- uh, academically, athletically, and the family. So it, it's a group effort, no question. Yep. Hey, coming up next, I'm so happy that there's a retail store making a return to the Mall of America. We get to that next year on The Lake Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.